Maxim sat at the table upon which lay their evening's feast prepared by Mrs. Vasilenko. She had secretly discovered his favorite food, borscht with garlic fritters and salami, which she had recently purchased on a trip into the city. The meal started with wine and the salami and ended with her own recipe for poppy seed cake. More wine than a coffee and their meal was over. Liliana had joined them late but in time to fill a plate for herself. It had been two months since Peter's departure. The conversation was about the weather, the past year's wine season, and the house. Maxim will fix the crack in the outside wall this Saturday, Mrs. Vasilenko proposed. Maxim affirmed as much and beamed as he detected he had already won over the mother's heart. Peter was alone in Ohio. In the last two weeks, an outside firm bought his employee-owned company and quickly ended his options. Many employee contracts required cash settlements, however the buyout caused panic trading for the company and those who took stock options rather than cash as their severance settlement lost value almost immediately. Peter had taken the stock. Thus not only was he losing his position, but he had little to show for it. Peter rationalized the layoff didn't matter for he was a respected environmental engineer. His work in certain hydrological studies was well regarded, even though his academic foundation lay in geology. Already he had two leads for companies in upstate New York and in Maryland, yet nothing near Kyiv, nor all of Ukraine. He searched jobs for nearby Poland, Austria, but he spoke no Polish and little German to be of help. It did not help that he yearned for Liliana. Liliana clutched the pearl, the tear of Persia, and the darkness of her bedroom. She had been crying for almost two hours. Although it was 3 a.m., she had to work the next day, but she knew eventually she would cry herself back to sleep. Peter packed up his apartment and shoved the last box into a rented truck. His plan was to take a brief cross-country tour from the seat of his rental vehicle and hopefully break his depression. He and Liliana had emailed each other nearly every day, but their missives grew desperate, each one a drone of compassion, love's longing, but no sense of when they could see each other again. For Peter, it was torture to always be upbeat in their correspondence and weekend phone calls when his employment hopes had vanished. Also, his faith that he could be at least on the same continent as his love had all but dwindled. The surf of outside forces, Liliana's mother's growing needs, and Maxim's feigned kindness were sinking her. She knew Maxim was a player, but he was still sweet and handsome, with puppy-like, unyielding eyes. In the back of her murky thoughts, she half-wished Peter would give her up. Perhaps her life would then make sense or become less complicated and frazzled. Each day, though, as she watered the plant that she and Peter held in common, she whispered to it, You are not a weed. You are not a weed. The pearl stayed around Liliana's neck despite everything. People had remarked how lovely it was. Some, however, had asked if she knew its meaning, a pearl in the shape of a tear. She did. They say the Russian army are merely conducting war games, trials, Maxim tried to explain to Mrs. Vasilenko. But they've already taken the Crimea and the Donbas. I have a friend in Donbas. Those were Russian soldiers, not Ukrainians that backed Russia, she returned rather heated. No, Maxim argued, those people wanted to leave Ukraine. Nonsense, the mother cried and walked away in a huff. 
At the other end of the kitchen, she turned and yelled at Maxim, That referendum was a joke. And then she left altogether. Maxim sat alone at the kitchen table with a half-eaten apple in his hands. Perhaps he reconsidered. Early winter, Peter's texts and emails became erratic as new employment prospects swallowed his focus. However, one email he sent frightened Liliana. Major Russian military buildup around you. I think Putin is planning another invasion. Irredentist. Oddly, Liliana wrote back, Maxim has asked me to marry him. Peter knew that he could not compete with a rival. Maxim was trouble indeed, but Liliana was free to do as she pleased. I don't expect happiness every day, Liliana explained to her mother on the first day it snowed. Settled around a hot pot of tea in their house, Liliana needed her to listen. Well, your father wasn't perfect, her mother reminded her. Yes, but did you find him scratchy? Liliana asked in return. You are smart, Mrs. Vasilenko defended her illogical point. You will find a way to make it work. Liliana understood one thing about herself, that is, how many times she had made appalling judgment errors in her life. She worried whether she was about to make another one. He is fun to be with, her mother continued to defend her meaningless notion, for Maxim's usefulness to her had colored her outlook. Liliana suspected there was something imprecise about Maxim, and she wanted her life to end on target. However, she could not explain her vague feeling. You stand a good chance of being happy with him. Mrs. Vasilenko's irritation that her daughter did not see matters through her eyes escalated. Liliana was nevertheless hesitant. Certainly she knew her own neuroses, but Maxim did not know his. Rather, the opposite. He overthought his own self-importance. Indeed, he believed that if he allowed his hubris free reign, he would become great. Hence, she dreaded Maxim would not be able to accommodate her needs in five, ten, or more years due to his latent narcissism. Nevertheless, by then, she hoped she would have her own children. Unskilled at managing her anxiety or intimacy, Liliana had never truly relaxed, that is, except for once, with Peter. His agreeable nature had opened her heart, and her inner woman thrived. While she often snapped at Maxim, she had never experienced her unstable tempestuousness before Peter. Still, Peter was not a prospect. Indeed, their long separation had made him seem two-dimensional, like a magazine cover of someone momentarily famous. For young women her age in Ukraine, the dynamics of peer pressure to marry was considerable. Unfortunately, Liliana didn't understand that most of her peers did not care about her interests, or at least, as friends, care enough to sit down and hear her out. What do you most miss about father? Liliana asked her mother as she reheated their tea. I think, she sincerely considered, I miss calling him to come home for dinner. You know, Liliana thought aloud, I never saw you two hold or cuddle each other. Are we crazy now? Her mother affectionately laughed. He was not an easy person to live with, she reflected. You were not the easy one to live with, not him, Liliana considered, but did not speak it. On both hands, Liliana could count the ways that Maxim did not understand her. However, she had no means to enlighten him, since their relationship had rutted itself in such a deep groove, she believed, that they had no way out. On the other hand, they knew each other's families, had the same friends, and were longtime acquaintances. 
On the sitting room wall, her mother had a mounted photo of her pals from two years ago, and Maxim was in the frame. Furthermore, they shared the same attitude on finances and children. Perhaps she understood him more than he understood her. As Peter's estrangement continued, she worried that she projected faultlessness onto him. When she began to doubt their intimacy, his face and her memory began to blur. Was he her elaboration? Before she could accept Maxim's proposal, she knew she must strangle her feelings and jettison Peter's love while a thread of desire remained. Thus, she wrote to Peter and flatly stated Maxim had proposed marriage. Starting in autumn after leaving Kiev, Peter became uncomfortable with the idea of being happy. Thus, when he read her last email in December about the proposal of marriage, the old melancholy Peter took the place of hopeful Peter. Furthermore, he descended deeper into his depression as increasing numbers of Russian troops amassed near the Ukrainian border. He had followed with interest President Zelensky's political challenges to tackle corruption, his campaign platform, especially friends of Putin who had holed up in Ukraine. Thus, when in December Putin issued demands that Ukraine never be admitted to NATO, Peter grew more apprehensive, as did the Western world. After Liliana's announcement, Peter never emailed back. The phone calls stopped too. He couldn't find the courage or the words, as the feelings of inadequacy caused by the humiliation and haunting remorse of his wife's death returned. Truly, he felt his wife had abandoned him through her suicide, even as he cognitively wrestled with her mental illness. Furthermore, he felt he had not learned any lesson from his mistake of falling in love with Liliana. Indeed, he failed to connect Liliana's love for him with feelings of satisfaction. Thus disjointed, he simply gave up. Maxim was threatened by Liliana's independence, even though she had never once professed her love for him. For him, his singleness was intolerable. He wanted not so much sex, but the customs surrounding sex. Fed by his lack of imagination, he wanted what he expected from life based upon his dogmas, part of which included a marriage founded upon principles in business. Feeling was unimportant to him. Furthermore, he tried to convince Liliana that he was not a danger to her happiness. He chose that moment to propose. However, Liliana did not provide him with an answer to his, will you marry me? She merely delayed for a time to examine her feelings and her needs. Children, Maxim announced the next day after his proposal. We can have as many children as you wish. You are the mother. After all, you will run the house. It was his best argument. Married couples must talk about such things before they marry, he added. And I want it out in the open that you decide. Maxim was no idiot. He knew that the subject of children was his middle ground to win her agreement. If she would approve, it was because he compromised his role as progenitor. Sadly, Maxim had not read many books about human reproduction and lacked the general understanding that, given options in modern birth control, the male does not make such decision. Nevertheless, with days to consider his proposal, Liliana could not stop thinking of Peter. Thus, she sent him the email about Maxim's proposal, but secretly hoped Peter would object. In return, she heard nothing. 